This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. In his book, Mentures in the Trenches, Jonathan Anser describes Barney Simon as unquestioningly the most significant theater talent to have emerged in South Africa. In that same chapter, one of South Africa's leading director, scriptwriter, and film critic, Alan Swerdlow, notes that Barney's entire life was devoted to telling of stories, particularly those of the voiceless, the dispossessed, and the forgotten. I'm delighted to have Alan as my guest now to tell me more about the incredible life of Barney Simon. Alan, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It's great to be back. And do you know, I mean, Barney started the market theatre. Do you think people know much about Barney or do you think he's truly one of those mentions that people knew very little about? He was always so self-effacing that he always, you know, unless he was working actually on a production as a director when he would come to the fore. But Barney tended to hang hang around in the background. So I don't think many people know much about Barney unless they – actually worked with him, but he he was extraordinary. He really was an extraordinary man, Um, brilliant, talented, visionary. He could also be one of the most infuriating people you've ever met in your life because he could be maddeningly vague and uncertain, and he would give these gnomic instructions to his actors about play it like the inside of a nebulous green balloon, and uh, which drove Janice Honeyman to virtually to drink. Uh, but he was inspired. But he came, it's amazing, Barney came out of a series of failures, in a sense, what he regarded as failures. Born in 1932 in South Africa to Litvak parents who had emigrated, his father had a cap and hat factory, and they lived in Troyville. And, um, you know, the factory did well enough to be able to send Barney and his brother to university. His brother became an eminent uh, doctor in the United States. Um, Barney went off to Wits University to study architecture to begin with and dropped out, hated it, just wasn't finding his way there. And he decided to take a job at his father's factory and he actually worked on the floor alongside a whole range of people working as machinists and, you know, cutters. And and he got to know this wide range of South Africans. And that's where it all began, I think, for him, because he listened to their stories. But Barney already, as a child, (laughs) started showing a kind of a talent for storytelling. And the, the famous the uh, story, of course, is the fact that his party trick, his parents would haul him out, wake him up if they had guests, and uh, haul him into the sitting room and get him to perform the whole of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves in Yiddish, with Barney doing all the parts. And that was his, his famous party trick. Incredible. But uh, after he had made enough money, Uh, working on the floor at 
at uh, the Catman Hat Factory, he went off to London to find his fame and fortune. And it was a very, very tough time. It was 1952, and he was 20. Um, it, this was Britain coming out of the war. There was still rationing in place. Uh, very, very difficult to, to actually get a job. Um, and Bonnie struggled, and he, he was just on the point of returning to South Africa when he managed to get a funny kind of job with Joan Littlewood, who ran the Stratford Theatre East in London. Uh, also, very avant-garde, brilliant directrice who did amazing productions like Oh, What a Lovely War, the original production, things like that. And she was pretty impressed with Barney and took him on board as a, as a kind of glorified stagehand, odd job guy to be around. And he was able to watch her process and able to watch her in action and learn enormously from her. And through her, he, he accessed the uh, British avant-garde in terms of the theatre. But still things were very, very, very tough. And Bonnie had to return to South Africa. The money ran out. He, he couldn't sustain himself there. And he couldn't get an equity card because of the employment problems that existed in the UK at the time. Came back, and it was just at the time that Dorkey House um, was at its height. And Dorkey House was this incredible institution. It was the one big center for African arts and, and music that had been founded by Ian Bernard and his Union of African Artists. Um, another mention, the trench in the sense, Ian Bernard. And he, um, Bonnie was asked to assist it was just at the time when Athel Fugard was getting going. And Athel Fugard's first production of The Blood Knot uh, would starred uh, Athel and Zaytum Da, and he uh, asked Barney to direct them in the play. And that was the first time Barney kind of found his metier. This was the kind of work he was going to do. And he really threw himself into it totally and completely and associated with these incredible talents that were happening there. And at the same time, Bonnie was writing. He got to know Nadine Gordimer. He got to know the people who started um, the various magazines, the literary magazines that were existing in Johannesburg at the time. And he wrote short stories, he wrote poetry, he wrote all sorts of things some of which was published in these magazines. And he was circulating in this world of the literati and the theatre folk. And um, Athel returned to uh, uh, PE, where he came from, wrote Hello and Goodbye, which was based on his own family experiences. And again, he asked Barney to direct the first production with Athel and Molly Seftel. There's another mention in the trench. Uh, and that production went all over South Africa. And then Barney was off and running. He was this incredible uh, 
vibrant soul who was aware of the complexity of the South African political system. And he uh, was doing this amazing theater. But it went carried on, carried on, carried on slowly. Um, by the time he got into the 60s, uh, early 60s, Bonnie was an established talent in South Africa, but he was hemmed in by the apartheid system, and he decided to take off this time to America to join his brother, who was at Harvard, and he managed to get a green card through his brother, and he was then able to work with people like Joseph Chaikin and study people like Grotowski, and he was working again in the American avant-garde theatre, you know, in some of the most experimental theatre that was being done in the United States at the time. So by 1969, Barney, to all, we nearly lost him because to all intents and purposes, he had emigrated. He was in America. He was living in uh, the East Village in New York, in Manhattan, and that was it. But his father's death brought him back to South Africa. And trying to, whilst he was trying to, you know, sort out the problems, uh, his father's estate, things like that, he started working with some nurses in KZN, black nurses, and started doing uh, a kind of an outreach program that used drama in education to go out to the rural villages and teach the various people uh, in the area. And then slowly he drifted back into Johannesburg, uh, founded the, uh, the Phoenix Players, uh, which was based at Wits University. They Well, basically, they got a, a sort of a lecture hall at the back somewhere that wasn't being used and they were allowed to use it for rehearsals. And Barney did uh, various productions with them, like Piri, his great musical uh, that was based on Volpone, the Ben Johnson play. And then Barney got a job as a director with the Performing Arts Council of the Transvaal, which was established at that point and was directing for them. And at Pact was another guy called Manny Manum, who was the senior stage manager and eventually the stage, you know, general director. And he and Barney just clicked and they knew the kind of theatre that they wanted to do, and they broke away from Pact, formed something called The Company, which had a bunch of brilliant, talented uh, actors and actresses involved, uh, everybody from Janice Honeyman uh, through to Vanessa Cook, Danny Keogh. I mean, you know, they, you know the, the people who are part of the company were amazing, but they were David Eppel, another mention the trench, uh, but in America now. Um, he, uh, the, these people were working for the Pact Youth Company at the time, and they decided that they, they hated the, the restrictions of the apartheid uh, regime, and they were only too happy to, to break away and join the company. And then Bonnie and Manny were asked to tender for this market theater, well, the market building, uh, which 
had been closed down, had been moved. The market, Joburg market, had been moved out further along to the East Rand to a purpose-built building there, modern, new. And there was this wonderful Victorian structure that was standing in the uh, area of Joburg that used to be known as Brickfields. And um, they went in, and in the old flower and fruit market, they saw this incredible space that could be turned into a theater. And the rest is history. They founded this theater. They bid uh, to take control of it. They got it uh, from the Joburg City Council for a, a paltry sum, which is amazing, but they had the most exciting, energetic ideas and they brought in some really great architects to work with them, how they could transfer, uh, transform it. And they turned it into one of the most significant theaters in South Africa. And indeed, um, it became one of the most significant theaters in the world. It had an international reputation. Um, I came along just as it was getting going And that's why I was able to see Barney from the inception. What happened was Janice Honeyman started something called the Young Market Company, like the Young Vic in London. And I was a founder member of that company and so got to see Barney in his absolute heyday. Um, Yeah, as I say, you, you know, the word guru was applied to Barney so many times. And in a way, he was a kind of a guru, gnomic and, and uh, very arcane in his uh, approach. But he, um, he had a way of working that was extraordinary. And, and he went straight to the, he would connect with people. Barney was a people person. And one of the most exciting things, um, he one of the last productions he did uh, before, sadly, he had this fatal heart, heart attack at a comparatively young age. He did a production of the Dibuk, uh, Anski, uh, and Joe Stewartson played the Rebbe in that. And Barney asked me in to, to help him in <laughs> the Jewishness of the piece. Uh, at that stage, you know, Barney, it had been a while since Barney had uh, uh, been inside uh, the, the, the shul of his forebears uh, back in the old days. And he asked me to, to assist him in just checking that uh, the ritual and just everything from donning a talit and things like that were correct and and it was just so wonderful to sit alongside Barney and just watch him also get to the heart of this, one of the great, great, great Jewish plays. You know, and it, it's a full circle because there was Barney um, starting out in Troival as this, this boy, this child of Litvak immigrants and coming all the way around and going back to his Jewish roots right at the end. Whether he knew it was the end or not, nobody will ever know, but he just completed that circle. And that circle encompassed this extraordinary um, grounding of theatre and theatre craft 
in South Africa. It became mm-hmm. truly a South African uh, art form under the watch of Barney. And that is such a beautiful place to end this. Um, Alan, I actually had goosebumps when you're telling oh. the story. Um, so you are obviously yourself um, a storyteller of note. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one little thing, if I can just add in, maybe you can edit it in or whatever. Um, Bonnie Oi, his favorite, favorite Hasidic uh, parable or legend that he always used to say is, why did God create man? Because he loved stories. He used to quote it all the time. Alan, thank you so much for being my guest and sharing these stories. And I, I, with you, I always feel I know it's not goodbye. I'm going to have you back on. Thank you. That Great. was Thanks. a director, a scriptwriter, and film critic, Alan Swerdler, talking about the last mensch that I'll be featuring, which is Barney Simon from the book Menches in the Trenches. <laughs>